Welcome to the fam. Is my mic on? I don't think it is. Yeah, it's on. Why do I sound so weird then? Yeah, you sound really I sound really there weird. You there you go. There you go. What was that all about? You're on the unmarked <laughs> Phantom The unmarked mic. squad. Phantom you're mic. supposed to be down here. <clears throat> well, you can we're fine. Change next week. Welcome to the family with Alex Brampernard Rasmussen. LA Nick. Co-host Catherine Brandt. Andy Brampernard. And Cassie Schrader. And we'll be right back. Kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville, Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda, encountered a hailstorm. Adjusters flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over 2,500 new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available. But here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. If you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. Well, all right. What are you listening to KQ on the way in? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there you have that's, it. That's my cue to leave to come here when you sign off. When I sign off. Yeah. Time to go. <laughs> this makes sense. It's time it to go, ladies and gentlemen. time to stop for coffee and make it here by 11. Not by 11. So See? Nick's back from the... Jaws of death. The brain injury. It was bad. Yeah. I tell you, I've, ne- I've never been that scared because I lost motor skills and lost speech and yeah. lost stuff. It's scary. Yeah, you're starting I can't to imagine feel somebody that, that really, really has a bad head injury, like severe. You I mean, lost your ability to speak? I was just speaking like not right. Did it all come back? Yeah. So <laughs> Yet to be seen. I, I'm actually still very, very dizzy. Like this morning. Are went, you really? I, this morning I went and looked at, bent down to look at a cow's stomach, I mean a horse's stomach, and I thought the horse was falling on me because oh, the, the whole world started spinning. If I lay down or I turn too quick, this whole room will start crying. Should you be driving a car? You should not be. Okay. No. They said, they said a, a better, it can go up to two months. Oh my God! But if I don't move and just sit, you know stay and sit still, I'm fine. You had mm-hmm. a, so you had a major concussion. Major concussion. Good brain God. brain swelling. 
Unbelievable. My nephew had a bad head injury with a car accident, and yeah. The I thing know I'm afraid of the most, though, is getting these ten titanium staples out of my head. That won't feel good. I won't think. I don't think it was. <laughs> I had good. staples in my <laughs> knee, and that did not feel good when they took them out. It didn't. See, I'm really worried about it. I don't like pain. Well, it hurts, but it's gone. You know, I mean, it takes them five minutes to do it. Hurts like hell for five minutes. You can handle it. Yeah, come on. Big happy thoughts. I'm a a big baby when it comes to pain. Are you really? Yeah. I just yelled. I'm the opposite. Except, well, some things. If I cut myself, it's no big deal. But I just got my first filling with no Novocaine. (gasps) Oh, did you? You didn't have Novocaine? She and I don't do that. <laughs> Why? We was it a small? Didn't hurt at all. She yeah. got it from me. Oh, it was a small one. It, yeah, it wasn't it's like a, a superficial. He was one. like, that's different. Because I told the dentist, I was like, I react majorly to Novocaine. I was like, when you give me the normal amount of Novocaine, they're like, oh, this part of your face will be numb for an hour. My whole side of my you face want, is numb you, for like seven hours. Last time I got Novocaine, <clears> the doctor. Gave me Novocaine, and he left the room, as they usually do, to wait for you to numb mm-hmm. up. And then all of a sudden, my whole face, the muscles started doing things. Oh, what a shot. Catherine upsetting the show, as usual. My face Typical. I have Comcast. Very important to this podcast that we actually. get on the Internet. It is true. My yeah. facial muscles started reacting by themselves. My mouth would open all the way and slam shut. Oh. And yeah, because it can mess he, with your nerves. No, he pierced the nerve. Oh. And your oh, teeth turned. Yeah. He turned pure white and he called 911. And the ambulance came and took me to the hospital, and the doctors laughed when I got there. And they go, Oh, you'll be fine. That's hilarious. Yeah. What? I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, if I'm like this the rest of my life, I might as well be, de- be dead because you, your mouth would just open and slam shut. Open and slam shut. My Maybe lip, if I like, get a pulley system. My, lip, went, my yeah. lip was curling up all the way up past my nose, which is almost impossible physically, but it was oh. doing it. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. It was cra- and the doctor was really, the dentist was scared out of his mind. He was really what scared. What kind of dentist? Is this? He's is he actually a know? really good dentist. He was. I think that it was a navy they hit a nerve. You're screwed. Yeah, hit a nerve. I mean, you can't see the nerve, so you don't know you're hitting. No. I had an no. epidural after Fawn was born, oddly enough, and I. They were like, "Oh, you'll be numb from the waist down for three hours," and I was numb from the neck down for <laughs> seven, and my arms were like convulsing, and I couldn't do anything because I was just like doing this <laughs> for like four hours. Oh. Like this is fun. It was hilarious to the rest of us. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, couldn't even hold her. It was. No. Yeah. Anytime somebody yeah. sticks a needle in you, something can happen. Yeah. yeah. Don't be such a baby. Yeah. I, I don't think I ever told you this story, but no. I don't. You think there's a story you haven't told? Yeah, yeah. I think there is. <laughs> to you, I um, I don't. I don't. When I, like go to the dentist or whatever. I don't need any lidocaine, Novocaine. I don't need any of that stuff. Uh, you don't get gas or. I don't get gas or anything. So I can't get that. It makes me horribly yeah, sick. Me too. I go into Midland Hills. You know the uh, golf course. Yes. I go in there and all these people come over and go, "The hell's wrong with you?" I said, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> you go, "Jesus, there's something wrong." I said, "What are you talking about?" I said. I was talking to your dentist, who's a really good friend, so he wasn't talking out of school. He's a very good friend. He was over there apparently telling everybody that I got, I, I cracked a tooth in half and I got it pulled without any Novocaine, and people just could not believe that I could I do that. I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Me neither. I, I have, I have I think sensitive that we have, everything. I think that we have, like, well, it's weird because I have sensitive teeth, but the filling didn't. 
bother me at all. Like he drilled my teeth, and I was just like, "Yeah, it's fine." Ree. See, when I had a cracked tooth, and they had it. to give me a cap or a crown or whatever the hell it was. Those are pretty major. They have to basically destroy all the teeth. He, I had to go back that. a couple of times because the heat. Nerve. Yeah, I yep. can feel oh. this heat yeah, all yeah, the time. Yeah. I'm like, it's really hot. It was my like, love for you that you were feeling. You shouldn't be able to hit, feel this. I'm like, it's really hot. Most, and most cat teeth eventually fail. Yes. Oh, goody. They get, they get, get, oh, they get like 15. Bacteria gets underneath the cap. 10 to 15 years. And you, can't, you don't know. Yeah. Well, that's really wonderful. Well, Thank that's why I that. had to get this tooth pulled. I got a cap yeah. when I was about 15 yeah. and then about two years ago. They don't last. Yeah. What happened? Bacteria. Did it abscess? It? 15 years. It's just. You have to get another one. Oh. No. At, no, the, at a certain point, the tooth. You, yeah. You at a certain point, yeah. the tooth is just gone. Well, then you get one of those pegs then, don't you? I'm going to. Why don't they pegs? just do that like in the first place? Teeth or something? You put chiclets in implant. there. Yeah, put a chiclet in there. Why don't they just do the implant in the first place and not even... A lot more expensive. Yeah. Like two, three thousand dollars. It's actually, come, it's it's actually, actually come, come down to twelve hundred bucks now. It was... Oh, only twelve? It was sixteen hundred dollars to do my tooth. Yeah. It's come down though. It's so, really expensive. And if you go to Progreso, Mexico, you can get it done for 300 bucks. You might not live <laughs> through it. But yeah, really. You might no, not live through no, the operation. Progreso is the yeah. dental city of, the, of like a lot of America. What oh, yeah. about all that protozoa in the water? I don't know. not interested in the protozoa. <laughs> and they're all American dentists over there. Oh, they are? Oh, yeah. Progreso. Weird. They're all from Texas. Huh. Where is it? Progressive Mexico. It's on the border of South Padre, so right there. Oh, border. right there. Yeah, and okay. If you go there, it's, just, all, it's literally all dentists. That's all that's there. You just dentists. pay cash. Really? And it's yeah, like... and it's, they're all Americans. Every dentist. Why would they do? Dentist. Why would they want to practice yeah. medicine in they Mexico? Don't have to, they don't have to pay. They don't have to do taxes. Big taxes. And they don't, they don't have to deal pay. with American no. insurance. That's there you go. They don't have to do. They don't have to do. What do you call it? malpractice insurance? <laughs> oh, of course they don't. Which is half of their money. They probably make more money. But they are all really good dentists. My mother-in-law got all her teeth capped there. And really? Yeah, well, I know a lot of people who go there. Protozoa of Mexico. <laughs> Progresso. <laughs> yes, protozoa. That's it. <laughs> I like how one of the first. You look it's up Harlan Progresso City. Mexico Dentist, and one of the first is called the Mexico Border Dentist. Yeah, they're all dentists. The whole the whole town's dentist. Is that they're where all... they invented the soup? <laughs> I don't think mm. so. Progresso? This is Progresso. one S. That's supposed to be a town. Oh, this is one S? That's supposed to be a Progresso town. Progresso has two S's. Oh, that's supposed to be a town. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, oh, Sam ready to go? Oh. Sam, we're going to drag you into a conversation about whether you need Novocaine or not to have dental work done. What do you think? Hello. Hello, Sam. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Marvelous. You just, just what? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tom. No, I was just I was asking. We were just uh, uh, my daughter and I do not have to take uh, any painkillers to have things done. Like I even had an operation on my lower abdomen, and I didn't have any anesthesia at all. Well, you're just weird. Dude. I have a very, very high <laughs> threshold for pain, and people think, Sam, do you think I'm weird because of that? Say yes. No, I used to do that with the, when I used to go to the dentist. Yes, there you go. Anything oh. for, the, for a dentist, sure. Yeah, I'm the same. Up until my fifties, then I changed my mind. <laughs> then you decided, hey, wait a minute. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Why we hate six episode series uh, premiered Sunday, October thirteenth, this Sunday at nine p.m. Central Time on Discovery Channel. Why We Hate explores one of humanity's most uh, primal and destructive emotions, and that would be hatred. Mr. Pollard, what is it with us now? And it's not just the United States. It's the entire world right now. Man, people are pissed off at each other. What is going on? 
Well, you know, it seems like we're in this particular moment in the world, and I think a lot of it has, you know, it's not to say that there hasn't always been hate, as we know, and anger and, and genocide and mass destruction. I think with the, with the advent of social media, the Internet, Twitter, Facebook, we're able to hear and see these things much faster than we were right. 50, 40, 50 years ago. So now it feels so present to us because there's such immediacy to it. It wasn't like it wasn't there, but it was. now we're getting it much, much faster. So it feels, it feels tumultuous, it feels frightening, it feels ever-present, but I think a lot of it has to do with the social media. And hopefully this series will have people take a look at why people will do certain things, why is the notion of us versus them, why is this this notion of outsiders and someone you feel is going to invade your your place, mm-hmm. is going to affect you socially or economically, you want to hurt them, you want to push them away. Maybe it'll give you an opportunity as our audiences to reflect on how we perceive people and how we perceive each other. So it's, uh, you know, it's, we thought, quite honestly, that by the time this series premiered, that things would be different in the world, but clearly they're not. No, clearly they're not. You're absolutely right, Sam. Um, why do you think it is, or do you not think it's true? But, but in my, my perception of the whole situation is people love to claim they're a victim. They just love. We have a senator here now, Senator Ilan Omar, who uh, had went through all this deal about marrying her brother, and then that screwed up this and that, and then she got married to another guy, and then she had an affair, and now she's getting a divorce. And, you know, her personal life is, is a mess. And her claim is that she was victimized by Jews and Republicans. I'm not making that up, Sam. She the ultimate actually, team. They she, get along all the time. Yeah, 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 Jews and Republicans, exactly. But But she actually made that public statement, and I thought... How are you that deluded that you want to be a victim so badly that you just make stuff up? Why do people want to be a victim, Sam? Well, I think, I think quite honestly, it's, a, it's this feeling that we, we feel disempowered. So mm. we have to figure out how to blame someone. Okay. I mean, you can say she's doing about saying about Jews and Republicans, but now we have a president saying about the Democratic Party. Yeah, you know, right. That we're trying to create a coup to make him lose his presidency. I mean, it's this whole notion that we're living in a time now where people don't want to take responsibility for their own particular actions across the board, yeah. be it from the left or from the right. They don't want to take responsibility for their own actions. And it's better to be feel victim, to feel victimized, than to be responsible. And in our city right now, we don't even hold people accountable for their own actions. <laughs> you can It's almost impossible to get arrested in the city of Minneapolis, like literally impossible. Yeah, it is. It really yeah. is. And if you do get arrested, you get nothing. You get, you know, released in eight hours, no charges. That's pretty much the deal. Uh, we were talking to Sam Pollard, the uh, director, Sam Pollard, of course. Uh, Why We Hate a Six-Episode Series premieres on Sunday, October 13th, this Sunday at 9 o'clock Central Time on Discovery Channel. I think, see, here's what I don't understand. It's okay if I just call you Sam or like Mr. Pollard. Sure, you can call me Sam. Sam's okay. Sam. Um, I, what I do, because I do a morning talk show as well, and I talk about on this show and on that show all the time about how people need to get away from this treating everyone differently. And that means treating them worse or better. I just think everybody should be treated the same because once we get there, we've got a nice base to launch everything else off of. If everybody gets treated the same, not better, not worse, don't you think that'd be a much more healthy environment? Well, exactly. I mean, that's the, that's the best way to, to sort of live life. But I think we all sometimes, we're grown up, we live in our own particular silos, 
And yeah. if we all have the opportunity or the ability to, 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 to get out of that silo and meet other people and be in other situations, you can't, you can't sometimes see how people, all of us are really, there's a lot of, a lot of us that are the same in many ways, both in terms of how we perceive life, how we deal with everyday issues, we're all the same. I mean, I grew up in Harlem. And for the first 15, 20 years of my life, I was just surrounded by blacks and Puerto Ricans primarily. Mm -hmm. But I had an opportunity to get out of the country, to see other places around the world, to go to Europe, to go to Africa, to meet different people, to see different cultures, hear different languages. And I saw similarities. I saw connections. Right. And if you're able to do that as a human being, you can connect better. So Because we're pretty much all the same. Well, Sam, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because I talk about all the time the fact that I grew up in the inner city. So I grew up with, with black people, with Mexican people, with white people, Native Americans. There were no Asians in my neighborhood. That was about the only people right. that weren't represented. But, but I grew up with – and i got to be very honest with you. I am um, – I'm not uh, suffering from youth. So that was quite some time ago. But it never came up. And, and I don't know if – if the school did a great job or all our parents got together and said, hey, let's. But it just never came up if your friend was black or Mexican or you hung around this, that. I, I don't know. I, apparently it did in other. Maybe it was because we were all in that neighborhood and we were all dirt poor. And that's what we had in common is that we were all in poverty. Do you think that's a possibility that skin color never mattered because it didn't matter then because everybody was broke? Because of the economics. Right. The economics of it. Correct. You were in that environment. I mean, it's the same with the community I grew up in. So, you know, if, 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 you, if you find common ground, it's less, you know, it's less of an issue to say, well, that person is different from me, so I don't want to deal with them. That's correct. Because you, know, you have, you're all in the same sort of situation. And hopefully the series will help people see those things and reflect on how we can be so destructive, but we can also be very loving. Well, I tell you what, Sam, that's a great time slot you got, though. 9 o'clock on Sunday nights, man. Everybody watches TV at 9 o'clock yeah, on there, Sunday night. there's never nothing good on it, so now, now there'll be something to watch. Yeah, now we'll be watching Why We Hate. I, I need to take a very quick break. We have 15 more minutes with you, don't we, uh, Sam? We have another I segment. I don't know. Uh, he's listed here until 55. Is that gonna, will that work for you if to, to do another segment, or you want to check? I'm fine. I mean, just let me know. Oh, okay. Excellent. We'll be right back in just a couple of minutes. Sam Pollard, Why We Hate, right after this, the family. It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this Super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. Super ID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. Super ID, super easy, and super secure. Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and Super ID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. If you're one of those folks out there still putting up with contact lenses or dealing with glasses, think just for a moment, what would it be like to wake up to a clear morning and experience your day with all the freedom LASIK brings? Well, I'm living proof. That dream can come true. 
Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With the new year right around the corner, it's time to set your sights on 2020 vision. Get $500 off LASIK through the end of the year at Whiting Clinic. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contacts, then it's time for you to find out if you're a candidate for LASIK. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com for your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Imagine 2020, buy 2020, and let 2020 be your best year yet with $500 off LASIK at Whiting Clinic. Offer expires December 31st, 2019. Both eyes only cannot be combined. Results may vary. Back. I guess. Hello. She's back in the saddle again. We're back. Nick Jones Jet's here this week, isn't she? Yeah, she yeah. is Friday night. Oh, nice. She is at uh, Hart. Yeah, she's with Hart. That's exactly at, right. At a big venue too. Indeed, they're Surprise. gonna have a good time. No, it'll be it'll be a good time. She was our next door neighbor when I lived in <clears throat> Catherine. I lived at 20th Street and Second Avenue in New York. She was our next door neighbor, but I never met her. She really? was never there I'm ever. Sure she was always touring. Yeah. Her brother was always there. Um, we have a, a lot of listeners to this show, Sam. Sam Pollard, our special guest, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I was sent uh, an email. Do you want to hear what the email says, Sam? Yeah, what does it say? This is phenomenal because they asked me, my God, he's, he's an old guy. Sam Pollard is a well-known celebrity. <laughs> Sam was born on April 20th, 1864. Wow. <laughs> you sound really great. You sound terrific, yeah. man. <laughs> You're 160 years old. That's phenomenal. Good for you. (laughs) So how'd you get along with Lincoln that one year? (laughs) Good joke, Tom. Thank you. A little bit of a typo, I guess. Tom, I need to say that I co-directed this thing with Gita Gandavir. Oh, okay. I don't know if she was going to be on, but she's the co-director of the six episodes with me. I, well, we'd love to have her on. As a matter of fact, if she's not going to pop on today, we would love to have her on because this, I think, what you're doing, Sam, I think is very, very important. I think people oh. need to understand totally. to calm down. We'll get there. Just treat everybody the same. Everybody's good. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't laugh. know if we can get there. I think we God, can. I hope so. People are just off I think the people, rails crazy, man. I, know. I think people are getting really tired of it, though. The majority of of people are getting really tired of it. It's the people that, you know, want to say the sky is falling and get attention for doing it that are going to keep doing it. Yeah. But I, I remember seeing a documentary years ago when Ireland was having its troubles and the marching seasons and all that stuff. They seem to straighten most of that stuff mm-hmm. out. But um, I remember seeing a documentary and this little kid said, why do you hate the English so much? And he's like, I don't know. I just hate him. I just hate him. I hate him. I just hate him. Like, he just wanted to, you know, go to war right yeah. the next moment. And it's yeah. like, it's because that's what he was taught. Well, it's the same know. thing with the long-term drug gang, drug wars. They don't know why they hate each other. Yeah, yeah I suppose. Like, Crips and Bloods don't know No, they don't they know. No, other. that is true. Yeah, that's very, very true. Well, for most of those people, it's like because a member of the other gang yeah. killed yeah. my right, brother, right. who killed a member of the yeah. other gang, who yes. killed a member. It's like it's yeah. back and forth. Yeah, it is like just individual killings that well, fuel that. Yeah, you can say that about tribes and well, yeah, governments. Well, that's right. One of the things. One of the things that becomes that will the series will look at is how tribal we all are. Mm-hmm. Yes, how tribal we are. We, you know, it's like we focus a lot on the soccer 
rivalries that happen where people are so tribal that they will, you know, want to hurt each other at these huge soccer matches all across the world. Right. You know, so we're very tribal. You know, that, one that's of the things that... that that's with any sports event in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's pretty much true. <laughs> it could be tennis in Philadelphia. They want to kill you. <laughs> kill you in a tennis match. I can say that because I'm from Philly. So well, that's true. You can. You've got tough sports fans there. Sam, I'm glad you brought up the tribalism part of it, and Catherine and Andy were talking about it as well. Uh, and the fact that we had already mentioned, and grew up, uh, you grew up in Harlem, I grew up in the inner city. And our tribe, it sounds like to me, at least my tribe, uh, and I think yours as well, was the poverty tribe. It wasn't the skin color tribe or the where are you from tribe. Because I do remember, Sam, that the tribalism you're talking about. In our neighborhood, it was well understood that you didn't come into that neighborhood. Otherwise, you would be taken care of. And I don't mean killed, but you were not no, going to get away with exactly. any pro- You're not going to come in our neighborhood and cause any problems. That's not going to happen. And that That's was part. Exactly. We did have tribal Oh, it was the same in your neighborhood, Sam. I want to hear about that. Same in my neighborhood, yeah. Sure. Yeah, it, it just it was a situation where there were there were neighborhood leaders and they put up with no no BS whatsoever. You didn't come in there and cause problems. Uh, and, and we've now lost that. I don't think people look out for one another like they used to, Sam. Well, the thing you got to be mindful of is that people should look out for one another, but not to the point where you want to exclude other people right. if they have some kind of common ground. That's yeah. where you always have to be able to to sort of dissect and understand the level of commonality and not just to say, I'm in my own little silo, and you, if someone tries to use that silo, we may hurt you, or we may want to excommunicate you, and you may not fit in. And we have to try to find some common ground. So mm-hmm. if, 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 if anyone stays and watches the whole six parts, you'll see that time and time again. So, for example, I interviewed a gentleman named Frank Mink in Philadelphia who grew up in the neighborhood where his mother was a drug addict. He had an abusive stepfather. He went to a black school where he was beaten up every day. And then one day, his cousin took him out to Quaker country, and he met some people who were neo-Nazis. And they embraced him. They brought him in, and he became, that became his family. So in that, and he found a loving group for him. And these neo-Nazis who hated Jews and hated blacks, he bought into their philosophy and their theories for about 10, 12 years of his life. You know, and he ended up, ended up going to prison, and he finally came out. And he ended up working for a Jewish furniture owner who saw to, who made him see that all Jews weren't about money and, and being, you know, Shylocks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he changed. He changed. So, you know, it's a, you know, this notion of being tribal can also have a, you know, a negative impact on you, too. Sure. No, uh, there's no question about that. I should also sure. mention, Sam, it wasn't all, all just about protection. But my father was gone by the time I, uh, just before I turned 10 years old. And I will be honest with you, the other parents in, in my neighborhood stepped up and said, hey, Tom, you're a good kid. Don't worry about this. You'll get through. You're a smart guy. They could not have supported me more than they did, Sam. They were great. That's great. That's good. And that's how it should be. That's in, in my estimation, that's what we're looking for is, hey, you're my neighbor and you're a good kid. Just, See, that, that's you know. disappearing, though. It is disappearing. Do you think it is as well, Mr. Paula? Do you think that's disappearing? Yeah, because we live in a world where, you know, again, you know, social media has sort of fractured this notion of sense of community on some level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the kind of neighborhood I grew up in, I don't know if that kind of exists. I don't know that neighborhood that you grew up in exists anymore. It's a different world now. I suppose. There's pros and cons to that. You know, there's definitely pros and cons. No, I I think you're absolutely right about that. It, It is true. 
I, I cannot wait to, to watch the series. It's a six-part, uh, six-episode series. It starts this Sunday, October 13th at 9 o'clock. And how, how does the series start, Sam? Where do you start with all well, this? Well, the, 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 the first episode looks at the origins where hate comes from. It goes oh, okay. all the way back to the relationship between chimps and bonobos. You know, when you find out in, in, this, in this first segment that chimps can be very hostile and very cruel, not only within their own group, but those chimps who may come from the outside, and they will destroy them. Where on the other, ca- on the other hand, bonobos, because they live in a part of, the, of Africa where they have a lot of plentiful food, they're loving, they're kind, they're matriarchal, they're not patriarchal, you know, and so there's a whole different culture. So you see that we have a segment that looks at how children learn from early age how to distinguish from good and bad. We deal with bullying. The second episode is uh, is about two, you know it's about the notion how you can become tribal. You know, you looking at soccer, looking at politics, how we're very de- tribal in our politics now in America. How mm, oh yeah. That is. yeah. The third episode looks at tools and tactics that have been used now to gin up hate. You know, the internet. Sure. You know, you know, social media, Twitter. The fourth episode looks at ideologies. Like the gentleman I mentioned who became a neo-Nazi talks about how that ideology. You know, that finding that group changed him. I look at a person who became a jihadist who was an American, how he, how he found his particular group. The fifth episode looks how all these different things that can lead to anger and frustration with other people can lead to mass destruction. We look at Cambodia and the Camaroos. We look at oh, yeah. the Holocaust. And then the final episode, even though we deal with senses, you know, pieces of hope throughout, the final episode's all about how there's ways to have hope. If you look at South Africa, if you look at Germany, how Germany has tried to sort of, you know, make people understand and not relive what happened with Nazism, you know, how you can, as a human being, your own sense of mindfulness can help you, you know, not have all this anger and bile inside of you. So this series covers a lot of stuff. And I want to say also that this whole series was the initial idea of Steven Spielberg. Oh, really? You know, over 10, 12 years ago. Spielberg was the one who came to Alex Gidney, who's the other executive producer, and said he wanted to do a series that looked at hate, you know. So uh, you got to take your hat off to Mr. Spielberg. Well, he's had a good idea or two before. Yeah, just a few. Yeah, he's had a few. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's had a few. Um, Sam, where does money come in here? Because it seems to me, and the reason I bring that up is because this morning, it was, or last night it was released, that the makers of Fortnite are hiring psychologists and psychiatrists to figure out how to make their game even more addictive for children. Now, that's terrifying to me. When you're trying wow. to hook kids so badly, there are children, we, we have a friend that has a son who ended up in, he's been in treatment for several months because he was addicted to video games. Mm-hmm. I mean, months he's been in treatment because he can't seem to break away from his dependence on playing those games. One video game wow. makes more more money than every movie made all year. That's a fact. <laughs> that amazing. That is a fact. And then you find wow. people now, you know, a lot of our politicians, they're motivated by money, 100% by money. And that's on both sides. I, I should mention, Sam, that I tend to be pretty much a centrist. I, I have Democrat friends. I have Republican friends. I like people. If it gets way far right or way far left, I do have a problem with that because it's just too extreme for me. You have friends? Sure. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Nick was really, really surprised that I have a friend, by the way, Sam. So that's real nice to hear. That's nice well, we to hear. Don't, 
we, the, the series doesn't look at money per se, but we look at the impact of things like video and media. Okay. I think if you look at some of these mass murders and mass shootings that are happening, like in in, uh, in South Carolina with Dylan Roof, mm-hmm. you know, much of what was informed him was the media watching watching these right. run online to these, you know these different you know right wing you know online sources that informed his thinking about how he looked at black people and made him pick up a gun and go into that church. So you know, so you know, the media can can if if not if not really you know looked at and discussed, it could be a dangerous tool, and it could be used as a dangerous tool. Mm-hmm. I think the media is very crooked, right? I mean, the Epstein the Epstein things just disappeared, yeah. man. It's just <laughs> it gone. has. You're right. It's just gone all it's of a sudden. It's just gone. Um, Sam, I uh, I am a I am a uh, white guy in Minneapolis. But I look at all this whole situation with how people, I don't like this, and I don't like that, and I don't like your skin color, and I don't like your orientation. Why would I care? That's a, I've always asked people that question. Whomever you are, your, your orientation, or your gender, or your skin color, or whatever it is, why would I care? I've, nobody's ever been able to answer that for me. Do you know? Well, I'm going to give you from my own perspective. I'm a human being who's been around this, on this planet for quite a long time. And I care. 160 years. Yeah, 100 and something years. (laughs) I care because, you know, every day of my life, I interact with all kinds of human beings. And I want to be the best human being and care about other people's situations and who they are, no matter where they come from. And I was, you know, I'm not going to say I was taught that from an early age. It was something I had to learn Mm -hmm. as I became. Mm Went from being a young, younger, you know, a little boy to a young te- a teenager to an adult. I have learned to be a more caring human being than I ever was 40 years ago, you know, and yeah. that's why I care because to me it's just, it's just, it just makes your life better if you care about other people. You know, and I, I think I misstated. I shouldn't have said why do I care. Uh, what I meant to say actually was why would I be upset by your orientation or your gender or your skin color? Yeah, you I, I, live with it, live, man. So that's the whole deal. I, I just don't understand this treating people differently for any of those reasons, better or worse. I think is ridiculous. I really do. But I do yeah, think I do really think you, you change in time with your age. Like he said, uh, you, yeah, you, you do change. But yeah. you know, yeah. I want to say this to you guys. I changed in a way that I'm more open than I was than I was many years ago. It usually is the reverse, but I'm more open yeah. now as a human yeah. being than and, I was many and years and ago. Me too. I'm the same way. I'm way more open and way more kind and more compassionate than I ever was in my life. Yeah. You know what's really amazing about that is you do find people now that that are just trying to find their way. People, I think, are going to react to this. Uh, series why we hate very very well because they want to know Sam nobody's telling them why we hate they don't know why we hate I really want to watch it like that absolutely I'm I'm really interested in this no absolutely if you watch it with that open mind you'll you'll definitely come away with gaining some very wonderful insight I still want to know if Abraham Lincoln was a good guy when you were one year old. Well, he wasn't. He wasn't too bad. <laughs> oh, he wasn't good too bad. That's a great answer. Actually, Sam, I must tell you that my—I uh, was born in 1951, and my great grandmother was born in, 19, in 1851. She died when I was four years old. She was 104, and I—I I, it all of a sudden struck me as a grown man. 
my great grandmother was nine when Abraham Lincoln was elected president. <laughs> Wow. What? Yeah, you're old as hell. Uh, you know, we're connected. I was born in 1950, and my grandfather was born in 1881. Well, there you go. Yep. See, we, so, we are. Small world. So you're older than I am. I'm glad to hear you're older than me, Sam. By a tick. Somebody just called me, you know, you know, Lawrence O'Donnell, the guy on CNN? The sure. reporter. And Lawrence and I were born the exact same day on November 7th, 1951. Really? Same day, huh? So yeah, I can call him and tell him, hey, Lawrence, calm down. You're getting too wound up. Relax. Sam, Sam, where do you live now? Where do you live now? (laughs) I live in the village in New York City. Oh, do you? Yeah, I went from Harlem to the village. That's a good thing, man. The village is a pretty friendly place. I want you to do me a favor, Sam. I want you to tonight go over to Gramercy Hotel, have dinner at uh, Mayalino, and send me the bill. I love that joint, man. I, I will, because I live, I live two blocks from the Gramercy. Oh, my God. Have you ever eaten at Mayalino? <laughs> great neighborhood. Yes, yeah, sure I have. Oh, Sam, that's a great restaurant, man. Yeah, we bring all have. your money, though. Yeah, you better bring yeah. all your money. That's right. All your money. For that well, restaurants are expensive now. Yeah, yeah, they certainly are. There's no doubt about it's it. It's funny they're expensive in places like that, but you can go to a t- little town in the middle of nowhere, and they're dirt cheap. Well, that's that is true. Well, it's taxation. I mean, it, it's it's yeah. It's, yeah. it's city taxes, it's county taxes, leases. it's yeah, leases. Exactly. And, yeah, it's very very expensive. Sam, I hope you're doing a long tour. I want to get you booked on the uh, morning show as well. It's got a very big audience, and I want you to talk about this because I think this why we hate could not have come by at a better time. We really need to calm yeah, you're down. You're really coming out at a perfect time. Yeah. You are, Sam. There's no doubt <laughs> you're about it. You're gonna have big ratings, man. No doubt about okay. it. So I will reach out well, to thanks. you. We'll get you booked on the morning show as well if, you, if you'd like to do that. Looking forward to it, Tom. Sam, you're a great guest. You're very open to everything, and I really, really appreciate it. And thank you for uh, accepting everybody for who they are. I think that's terrific. People should be congratulated for that, Sam. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too, sir. Sam Pollard, ladies and gentlemen, Why We Hate, six-episode series premieres Sunday, October 13th, 9 o'clock Central Time on Discovery Channel. I will watch all six episodes. I'll definitely watch it. We need to to, to have somebody just say, look, calm down. I I was just asking this question, that why do people hate people so much, man? They don't even know. I know. Like, people hate people they don't even know. No, you're right. (laughs) You're absolutely right. We shall take a break and be right back right after this with the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. 
Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Hey, why does it have to be painted black? <laughs> oh, God, really? One of the few songs hey. of theirs I like. I agree. I love the Stones. I am not a big Stones fan. Me neither. A oh, really? uh, couple of things. Out of Our Heads, I thought was a really, really good album. There, I think it, Was that their first album, Out of Our Heads? I'm a Keith Richards fan, but I'm not a Stones fan. Like kidney stones? Me neither. Kidney stones? No one's a <laughs> fan of that. Golf stones? Nope. I think that's like last time. I like that era at the very beginning when they were doing like Satisfaction and Last Time and those. Yeah, are, I love those. Was good. Yeah. But the early thumb. stones, I'm just I don't that's get it. Sympathy for the Devil. <laughs> I think. Ugh. Oh, I see. I love that song. Yeah. A lot of people do. A lot of yeah. people absolutely love it. And then yeah. it gets her jumping. Jack Flash is a good song. I like that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's because I, I could sugar. dance to it. So many good songs. You're be dancing with. I'm not a fan of Brown Sugar. Really? I never did understand because I was raised by a woman and, you know, my sisters, I was raised by women. I never liked that line, heard him whip the women just around midnight. I was like, Ugh, what are you singing about that for? Sounds unpleasant. Maybe it was one of those weird sex clubs. I love <laughs> I love the Stone song, She's yes, a Rainbow, because it's very Beatles. Yeah, song. No, it's you're very, right. That is a good song. I remember we were in Target, and they were playing it, and my son thought it was the Beatles. I said, no, this is the Stones. He's like, are you serious? Yeah. They, have, they have a couple songs that sound yeah. Beatles. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Well, they're know. the same era. Yeah. God, that band was phenomenal, the Beatles. You know, the Beatles are one of the few bands that are timeless. They are timeless. You can't tell if it was written yesterday or 50 years ago. Played Play Hello Goodbye word. yesterday on the morning show. It was like I'd never heard it before. Yeah, you can't I tell. Mean, it's a phenomenal song. Yeah. God, what a great song. But they really weren't a band that long. No, in what, seven years, eight years? Yeah, like not that? that long. They certainly wrote a lot of music yeah. in, that, in a short period of yeah. time. Some of it did get pretty silly, let's well, be honest. Yeah. Yeah, that whole Sergeant Pepper. You say they, goodbye. They, 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 they love Sergeant Pepper. I know, most people do, band? but I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. They went through their, you know, Hare Krishna. Yeah, Because George Harrison became friends with Nora Jones' dad. That's right. That's what created the whole Hare Krishna That's exactly Krishna right, thing. the whole Hare Krishna deal. And then there was the Mahatma stuff and the, what do they call those guys again? Krishna? Uh, Hare uh, Krishna. Uh, I know what you're talking about. The, 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 the like. No, nah, it's the head of the Buddhist. What are that, what's that guy called? Oh, the Dalai Lama. Oh, the Dalai Lama. No, not the Dalai Lama. Oh. I, I, what the hell's their title again, Nick? You know exactly I what I'm talking it's about. I my tongue. Monks? I can't get it out. No. Not monk, but it starts with an M. Maharshi. Maharaji. Maharaja. 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 That's what it is. So anyway, they mariachi. Would hang out with the mariachi band. They hung out with over at Maraschino uh, Cherries. The Santigos. Whatever, whatever happened to all the Harry Christians in the airports? I know they used to be there, not everywhere. there anymore. Used yeah. You still airport. see them sometimes in some areas. Yeah. Oh, we'll do see you? Harry Krishnas in LA Sedona most, every once in a while. LAX had the most of them. But I don't yeah, see they them were. Anymore. They were really. Yeah, they they lived what? in there. I think. What was the whole? What? 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 They just wanted to sell you something. What would I mean? Like yeah, like what was a the pamphlet? 
They wanted you to become one. I know, but they were recruiting. What even, is, what even is it? I really don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like nobody really knows. Yama, yama. Same with the Mormons knocking at your door. Well, Mormons, I I know what Mormonism is. So the Hare Krishna, but I don't know are, what a Hare Krishna like. I don't know yeah, what's their deal. An yeah. offshoot of Hinduism. Yes. Oh. Okay. Uh, I don't really know the difference between Hare Krishna and regular Hinduism, but let's see. Aha. Uh-huh. They're like Mormon Hindus. Their main thing oh. is congressional chanting of a mantra. <laughs> What? So, yeah, they chant. Remember, used to they like to, to play hand symbols and they used to go to the airport and chant and have like. But that's what Catholics do. We chanted while we sang. We didn't chant well, while we sang. Not, you know, I can say because I went to Catholic school for twelve years. I was an altar boy. I'm pretty much against organized religion. I really am. <laughs> you mad it? I think you should just do what you do. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be organized. You know, well, you know what, though? A lot of organized religion does a lot of good for a lot of people all oh, over the world. I, I Getting together with that community and trying, you know, they do great things. A lot, of, a lot of European countries, if it hadn't been for the Catholic Church, the poor would have suffered horribly. I agree. Yeah, that is true. I, I see yeah. a lot in Italy. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church supports they do. the community. They do. Yeah. You but, know, so there's good things about yeah. it. And it. And a lot of churches, not Catholic, but, well, Catholic and other churches support communities in America. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. Yeah. Mo definitely. But That's you can still practice religion without going to that. You don't need to do that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And by the you way, if you're going to do that, there's one thing. I, I need you to do something for me. straight to hell. I, if you're going to practice religion that way or a belief in God in that way, do me a favor and don't only pray to God when you need something. Like I do? How about a little <laughs> gratitude once in a while? Building, That'd be good. I'm building Tom's old studio into a chapel. How about that? I How like about my it. own church? There you go. Church of Nick. The no, church it'll just be a church with of Nick. Jesus on the cross and the whole thing. The Where my studio out in the barn? Yeah. yeah, your old studio. The hell are you to get perfect, out of my it's studio? A, it's an A-frame building. It'd be a perfect church where the fireplace yeah. is. You have the altar and this the cross true. there. This that would true. be a perfect church. You should see. Right. You should. Everybody should look up the um, the crucifix from the chapel. Chapel on the hill. Um, chapel, chapel of the Holy chapel Cross. Of the Holy Cross in yeah. in Sedona. It is. It's really powerful. It's amazing. It's a beautiful sculpture. There's just a, beautiful. There's some amazing ones. This I one just is, got hit in the back of the head. This that one was, was sort of like um, there was a tree. Uh, it wasn't the cru- crucifix. It was a it, tree. Yeah, yeah. it was. It's absolutely it. unbelievable. It's it was beautiful. gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And if, if you look look up at Jesus and then look down the hill, there's about a ooh, 60, 70 million dollar house down at the base of the mountain. <laughs> Yeah, like, I'm dying God. up here, and you got this going on right out the window. That, that house had to be a hundred thousand square feet. There's the start of hate. Yeah, there yeah, there's the start of hate right there. That house had to be a hundred thousand square feet. It's it's the size it's of U.S. Bank Stadium for that house is you know ridiculous. I was reading it's not hate, but I was reading this thing about where when crime started. Yes. In mankind, they say the first murder was actually a woman was murdered. And it was over, it was, she was the first person to farm. Because we were all hunters and gatherers. Right. She started, Why am I not surprised? Yeah. She started a farm she plot. She got killed and start, for it. And growing, she started collecting seeds and growing, and she grew fine, and she got killed for it. And that Why did the, she get killed for it? Why would you I kill her? The they didn't have to go hunt and gather. They, it was all right there. They could get all her food. She had a full Well, that's garden. a good so thing, isn't, isn't it? Good? Right, but somebody came and killed her to take her food. Oh, to take her because food, okay. Because you used to get, hunt and gather and eat your food daily. So nobody could rob you. You had nothing. 
So when she had planted what a farm, story. she had a bunch of food. Now she was somebody wanted. Couldn't you just wait for everything to grow and get some seeds yourself? Come on, people. But that's, that was supposedly yeah. the first murder of mankind. Because they murdered her? Yeah, a woman. God, I didn't know that. It doesn't mm-hmm. surprise me that it was this a woman. This is why though. we march. And a woman was the first person to farm. I believe it. Absolutely. She was like, why should I go running all over the place looking for seeds? I could just put them right in my backyard. You going to make it? (laughs) What the hell is that all about? I look over yawn. I have two young children. This is just what I do. I have two young children. This is what I do. I yawn. Even though they both slept really well. They've both been sleeping really well. Uh, I have not. Well, THC baby, thirty-eight you? milligrams. And perfect. I, can't, I tried it. it doesn't work. It, it, it thirty-eight makes milligrams me all will paranoid. work. Paranoid. No, it won't make you paranoid. I tried it. Right. We just do CBD oil. Yeah, I tried. I'm break, afraid you know, of all of it. There's no THC and just. You I can tried get... THC. It made my heart race, and not for me. Oh. Made my heart race. Oh, yesterday I got my blood pressure taken. Like, oh my god, I'm dying. <laughs> my Just because it was elevated like, like crazy. Like it was like from... 160 over 80. Oh, I'm like, what? What? The, 160? Uh, then I remembered I still had my sweater on when they put the cup around. Oh, <laughs> on <my> arm. <laughs> well. My blood pressure is always usually a little bit low. Yeah, mine's usually around 118 over 80. That's what it usually is. A couple times is. they tell me it's too low. I know. Oh, it gets my, too low, yeah. My yeah. doctor's like, how are you walking right now? I'm like, I don't know. I still how are you literally walking? have no idea. Oh, I went to the hospital in D.C. My blood pressure was 80, 60 over 80. Yeah. Ooh, that's not good. <laughs> no, they kept me. That is not <laughs> good, me. man. Low blood pressure they right kept there. They gave me, gave me fluids. So yeah. why, why would it misread the, why would the cuff misread it so badly through? I mean, it's a, it was a pretty thick sweat. You can't have any... No, it, it, it works yeah, on pulse. So yeah, the, yeah. Uh, so it's a taken, really weak pulse. The yeah. taking the vibration out. Like, yeah, the cuff is. is like this guy's dead. Yeah, yeah. It. Basically, it said that I was dead or dying. <laughs> like, it wait a minute. Out. I don't, I don't remember it ever being that high. <laughs> That's pretty high, man. But yeah, it, uh, so it just—it's such a weak signal it's getting that it just yeah. reads it as a weak heart. Too much insulation between them. Yeah, the yeah. I still don't know. Anytime reading. they tell me my blood pressure, I'm like, great. No idea what any of it. I go and take mine all the time. <laughs> Cub. No Do you? Absolutely. What's up with you, Bub? You go to Cub. Remember Why, we gave him that slogan. Are you worried about your blood pressure? You never know. You might as well get it. You're there. There's the machine. It's free. Yeah, but I mean, Why you'd have to make an effort it? to get bad blood pressure. Eh, I'd rather just tip over. <laughs> just fall over right I'm just where you are. Just tip. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to know. Just tip. I, I take your blood pressure constantly when you're pregnant. I'm pretty. Yes. I'm pretty consistent with going to the doctors and getting checkups and taking my getting everything checked. I am. I get blood That's work good. every year. Yeah, One of the only idea. men to ever. Yeah. Um, that's true. <laughs> the I'll only. Man. What are you talking about? I do all that. You go to your friends and ask them for antibiotics. That's not the same thing. <laughs> well, there is that. I just, you know what? I think my That's biggest... true. Not a lot of guys go to their house to see the doctor. Yeah. I want to be able-bodied when I'm in my later years. I don't want to be, you know... No, I understand that. I want to be able to do stuff. Well, I would hate that being, like, oh, it's immobile. You don't want to wait until something's wrong. And high like blood pressure is the, deadly, is the deadly one that does it. Yeah. You have a stroke from high yeah. blood pressure, and you have no idea. You have high blood pressure, and one day you have a stroke. There goes your life. You're paralyzed on one side, and then you come back. Early intervention. So, is... Why not check it? 
It's free. No. Early I don't wish but... to be paralyzed. Yeah. You know, so one side, if you get a stroke on one side, it'll come back. I think it's the left side comes back, right side doesn't. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Because it's flowing in and out. But it's all kinds of uncles that had strokes and you never could tell. But, but high blood pressure is completely preventable. Oh, God. Just go check your <laughs> blood pressure. Yeah. Strokes no, left and true. right. They were fine. You're absolutely right about that. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, my dad just was it back in the spring or something or... Yeah, he had that stroke, and he temporarily went blind. Ooh. Oh, those strokes, those strokes do make you go blind. They yeah, can because make you permanently he, blind. Yeah, because he had, it was obstructing his optical, it was cutting off blood like to his optical That's why nerves. when I got hit in the head last week, mm-hmm. my vision went all the way, and I thought, and my body went pins and needles, which is also common with the stroke. And mm-hmm. the first thing I thought is, am I having a stroke? What and did I, you do out there? So you're, you're zipping around on your four-wheeler. Yeah. You're... By yourself, I'm guessing. Yeah. Anybody around? Nancy was in the house. How did what, How did you communicate your situation? She came out situation? Right, at, right when it happened. Oh, so she what? saw it? She didn't see it. it. She didn't see it. She came out right, at, right the second it hit oh. me. And she went, oh, damn it. Yeah. No, you, <laughs> it was that close. No, God damn it, you idiot. <laughs> Here we go again. Was. Here we go again with L.A. Nick. And I didn't want to go to the hospital. So luckily, she forced me to go. I wasn't going to go, but. Tough guy. I think when you have a head injury, it might yeah. be prudent for somebody that checks his blood pressure every 12 minutes. Well, I, was, <laughs> I would think I you might want to go. go. I didn't want to go because I was afraid. I think glad you're here. It was more, a, fe- it was more a fear because I thought my skull was cracked. Yeah. yeah. That's a good reason to go in. Probably was. And the temporary blindness. Just shouldn't have that. <laughs> but temporary that blindness is not good. That, that is signs of a stroke, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All what good is? reasons to temporary go to the Temporary blindness. Oh, yeah, yeah. And needles. Yeah. Any head injury, you should go in. Yeah. Yes. Definitely it's in. all true. There's no getting around it. That's all I have to say. To now, you. I've had two friends die of head injuries, and, and they, one of them hit his head on a sink. Oh. And... Brain swelled and he cut the top of his head off. Was it glug glug? That way he hit. And he recovered, fully recovered, and then a year later had an aneurysm and died. And then a friend of Nancy's slipped on a boat dock, hit her head, went to the hospital. They said, "You're fine, go home." She died from a blood, 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 a brain bleed. Like the Shazam guy or whatever. What the towel guy? Yeah. And the oh uh, Sham Wow, Sham Wow, not Sham Wow. Yeah, that is what I meant, but Billy he Mace? didn't do yeah. ShamWow. OxyClean. Did Ox- he do yeah. OxyClean? The guy that yelled? He, he did OxyClean, oh, yeah. Billy yeah. Mays, yeah. yeah. He got Billy hit Mays. in the head with a suitcase after a flight. He opened up the thing, and the suitcase hit him in the head. And then they sent him home, and he was fine, and then he went home and died. And yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and then I they thought found he died of a drug overdose. Nope. No. Well, it had... Well, cocaine was a part of the death. It was part of yeah. the problem. They found okay. it from oh, toxicology. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Probably he may not have died, hadn't he been on uh, uh, that? I call, I call, the, I call I BS on that. Anyone who has seen him do anything knew that he was on coke. My doc, so. I told my doctor my history, and I told her I did a lot of cocaine, and she said the only thing it can affect is it can give you an enlarged heart. It said that his heart was I, what ultimately I a, failed. I had so. a, uh, uh, what do you call it when you're pregnant? They give you an ultrasound of my heart, and they showed me every valve on a TV screen. Mm-hmm. And they said, my heart looks like 16-year-old kids. It's not enlarged. Was there a happy face waving back at you? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's all I need. Hello. Hello. I'm still healthy. I'm in here. Feeling we great. shall take a break, and we'll be right back with the family.